Welcome to the Wildlife Gardener podcast. My name is Thomas Nutt and in this podcast I would like to talk about my love of gardening and also my love for wildlife and intertwining them, sometimes speaking separately on the topics or how they can be um, joined together and how important it is in this modern world we live in to use our private spaces, gardens, balconies, um, our private outdoor spaces as somewhere where you can have a haven for wildlife and yourself and live in harmony and really enjoy experiencing and watching um, the drama that just unfolds of the life around you. And I think it is so important, especially people have sort of realised this year how special the world around them, which they've probably been quite insulated from um, in this modern world. And they've had a chance to look and um, really take note of everything around them. And I've also done that. I've always loved um, gardening and being outside. And if I didn't, I would definitely um, be worse off for it, definitely with my my mental health um, and my physical health physical health also um would that be through the exercise from it or um growing food and eating that lovely nutritious organic food that you can grow yourself um so yeah there's a whole host of reasons and this year I really got sort of back in touch by having lots of time to be able to really dedicate it to um yeah so that's what this podcast is about I'm I was umming and ahhing about the title, um, the sort of the name of the podcast, um, and I do think that the wildlife garden does encompass everything I, I want to talk about, um, but I would love to, um, yeah, just share what I do in my garden, my thoughts about gardening, things I see, things I read and watch, um, and are influenced by, um, all to do with, um, British wildlife mostly, and garden design, um, gardening, gardening tips and things like that, because that really is my passion and what makes me, um, makes my brain whir when I'm going to sleep at night and what I think about, um, so I'd love to share that with you all. So it's the end of January now and gardening has slowed, it's not at the frantic pace that you would be doing in um, spring and summer. Um, definitely. Um, and I find that sometimes quite frustrating because I just do love to get stuck in and really um, just garden all day. But um, it is quite nice just to sit inside and just potter around the garden, not really sort of doing some big hard hitting work and just enjoying and watching what you've created and planning for the year ahead. I love that. And sort of scouring through seed catalogues. It's just one of the loveliest things. I am particularly excited at the moment um, as the bulbs I planted on mass in pots in the ground um, through sort of meadow areas um, are starting to emerge um, through the soil, through um, um, grit, um, on the, which is sort of, I love to line on the top of pots. I think it just makes, sort of just adds a extra level of sophistication to a, to a pot. Um, I could do a whole episode on grit. Um, I won't bore you with that though um, and it's just so invigorating and exciting to watch sort of the as you're looking at on the cold of winter because the past few days it was um, 
quite quite deep snow actually well not deep snow but deep snow for um this time in the 21st century as climate change is having such an effect um and it's been quite quite lovely to see those little hints of spring coming through i have some pots lining along a wall and they are um packed full of crocuses and then on a layer um, beneath um they have um species tulips I think Wotaliae is one of them, and another purple kind, um, all from Sarah Raven, who is, um, I just love, love her bulbs, and the bulb collections and things, they're such an inspiration, although I, I do love to make, sort of pick through her selection and make my own sort of collections up, because I find that um, so much fun, sort of making a colour scheme up, um, so yeah, I'd love to, but to talk through those when they all start to flower in April and May, which will just be really, really lovely, seeing as um, well, it's just been quite sort of dark time these past few months, especially in the world and what's been going on. I mean, um, I feel like we're turning a corner. I mean, it's it's difficult to say. Um, obviously, the pandemic is far from over, and it is. It's just terrible, um, but there does seem to be some hope, some hope which we can finally feel like you can almost see a pinprick of light at the end of the tunnel, which is, which is nice. And I sort of see that resemblance through the, um, through the garden as well, obviously with the bulbs and seeing spring as leaping forward, coming out of the cold winter. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I do have, um, some work I need to be getting on with in the garden, but I haven't been, uh, I had a little bit of a cold this week. Um, Luckily, um, not coronavirus, but um, just a little bit of a cold because I stupidly um, went outside because I was so excited. I can't remember what it was for. I think there was, it was just a beautiful starry night and I had wet hair and I went outside to the garden at night. And yeah, I've got a bit of, caught a bit of a chill from that. Um, and yeah, so I've missed out on a few days of gardening and I've sort of missed that. So I try and do something every day as it sort of really does lift my mood whether that be um, sowing seeds, for example, I've been sowing, oh gosh, I just remembered I left the snow, um, sweet peas outside. Oh, it's fine. Well, they are being rained on right now because I'm sitting and it's, I can hear the rain. It's quite cinematic and um, pittering on the roof. Um, yeah, I left those sweet peas outside because um, so I wanted them to be nice and stocky, um, having a day outside in the cold. Um, so they germinated really, really well. Um, I'm very excited. I um, got them specifically for cut flowers because I'm going to be really trying to make a sort of cut flower area in the vegetable sort of raised beds and um, try and really have a have a good go at that because I do love arranging flowers and I wouldn't I just I do feel quite guilty sometimes um, buying flowers from a supermarket say or, or a florist because I mean all the air miles and um carbon that's been um, caused because of the transport or picking and growing so it's nice to grow your own and you know really where they've come from and it's also amazing for the bees because you can pick ones um, varieties that are pollinator friendly and I'm really really sort of enjoying um, sort of developing what I want to grow lots of sort of cornflowers and things um, scabious and um, cosmos obviously it's a stalwart of um, of cut flower gardening and I completely lost my train of thought I was talking about um sweet peas well another reason I was I'm gonna go on another um side track now I'm really sorry um basically I 
I can talk for for England and it's sort of some people might find that irritating um my family definitely do sometimes but I just I never stop talking but I thought well maybe I lend that to um talking on a podcast just me um by myself talking which could be quite sort of therapeutic for myself anyway back to the sweet peas um yeah so I've sewed three um varieties um one of them I can't I honestly can't remember the names and I also labeled them on brown paper and I left the brown paper sort of tucked in next to the toilet roll tubes I had plant and sewed them in and that was being left outside in the rain so I might not be able to tell which varieties they are and I'm a bit concerned because if I have to plant a whitey cream one in a sort of a place where I want to have just whitey cream flowers and it turns out to be a bright um sort of burgundy which will be sort of a bit of a shock but I mean let's hope the sharpie will last I'm gonna have to run down probably in a minute and go get them um but yes I got I sewed a lovely whitey cream variety a um sort of a clarity colour and this mix um which is I feel like it's just such a country sort of frothy lovely mix of sort of whites and um really light lilacs and pinks well not really pinks I say dusty pinks it's just really lovely sort of soft and mellow and I really would love to grow those on some really big sort of voluminous um wigwams of hazel which should look spectacular I do hope um but that's just that's for the future but I might not be able to know which ones they are so let's have our fingers crossed that the that works um and I'm rambling again um yeah so I've I do like to do lots of jobs in the garden every day and um this year I've really really been trying well most years I do this but I'm gonna really leave all the vegetation and um stuff from last like the herbaceous growth from last year um to die back well it's sort of died back already and it's all sort of um standing looking quite dishevelled really but I do quite like it with a sort of melancholy air about it um and that's definitely a, um, a host to life like lace wings and lots of different um species of um beetles and ladybirds and lots of other things will take refuge there and um then be able to merge in the spring and be able to um take flight and be very beneficial because most um of those I just lifted listed will be very beneficial to pests in the garden so yes I think that's definitely important to um creating an equilibrium of um in an organic garden which I definitely um do um I garden in my family garden as I I'm only 18 um I live at home um, I'm at university. Um, I've been doing university all from home um, this year because of coronavirus. So partly that's been sort of quite strange and isolating. However, I have had lots of time for the garden, so I'm, I'm not complaining. And I'm very lucky to be able to have this. I also thought I could sort of run through some of the other jobs I've been um, recently doing in the past month or so. Um, I've really been enjoying and was inspired by Arnie Mayard. Um who I really respect and I just find his gardens just intoxicatingly beautiful and just the way he sort of links them to the history of the house and um the, the informality and the um formality blended together I think it's just so perfect it's just sort of just it just 
makes fits in my head and just it feels right and I was really inspired by his rose domes that um he he makes in his gardens um out of hazel which is bended into a lovely dome shape and then sort of a a vigorous shrub rose um is trained onto and bending the stems causes them to be put under strain so they produce more buds and it uh, makes them flower because they think that they're being damaged so it just means that they want to reproduce more um and i just think that's such a sort of lovely way and it makes it really adds a sort of formality to them and a structure um especially in winter i've made mine out of apple branches from a big um bramley apple tree we have in the garden um because i couldn't really go anywhere to um get them out we already have this source of sort of green wood that can be bent into sort of any shape that you really want to well not any shape um and so yeah I sort of took took an inspiration from that mine are more sort of rugged I would say um then my first attempt was a little bit wonky um I wouldn't call it so much of a dome I don't think if that was it's definitely not perfect and it does look a little bit like it's falling over but I did um two others I've made three um in one bed and I really do love them and they got better as I went along as I was making them I got the knack and I went back and made the first one a little bit more sightly um although it had a, a lovely charm to it um I should I shouldn't take that away from it but yeah I really enjoyed making those and I planted a really small well not that small a um sort of short climbing rose because I was finding it very difficult um from David Austin Rose's called Blush Noisette Blush Noisette I don't know why I find that so difficult to say um and I did I was umming and ahhing whether to get a sort of vigorous shrub rose and I thought and I and I just saw this really lovely short climber I thought I could just really prune it hard and um really weave it in amongst this shape it's quite, I made quite a large dome um so I do think that they will look gorgeous on it they're a lovely sort of blush um as in the name a blush pink color um sort of really pale pink it's just so beautiful and um some of the stamens are and sort of nectaries are still visible so hopefully they'll be good for pollinators especially um and it was really lovely the couple of days after I made I made those um those domes out of the apple branches from the garden um lots of a big flock of um goldfinches that came down and they were all feasting on the verbena um seeds verbena bonariensis seeds that were um stayed from me leaving the herbaceous border intact and i think it just really showed me like it it does make a difference rather than sort of trying to keep it all neat and tidy and i i do think there is beauty in leaving and looking at the plants in a different light not in not in their prime but their sort of their death it's quite beautiful um yes it was just really lovely to see them all perched on these um these domes that I've made in the previous um few days um so yes I've also been pruning some other roses some shrub roses and that's been good I need to get onto the climbing roses um I also planted some climbing roses from David Austin roses I planted two Kiffsgate which is probably the biggest rose you can you can plant it is huge. It grows, I think, it grows up to like 50 metres or maybe 30 metres, I'm not sure. It is just massive. It can grow into huge trees and 
cover houses and I planted two. Um, one on the fence, which we have, um, it's the only part of the garden that the fence um, in the back garden is sort of exposed um, because there's a, a hedge going all the way round. So you can't really notice it. And it's sort of a bit of a an eyesore. And I'm going to plant three um, hawthorn trees along the the edge. Um, and I think that'll be really lovely. And I'm going to then grow a um, kiffsgate on that fence and grow it on our side of the fence on the other side and really train it all the way along so it really sort of look gorgeous and have a lovely musty, um, heady fragrance in, uh, I think it flowers in June or I think July actually. It's quite a late flowering, um, single flowering rambler. Um, and the other one I'm going to plant, I've planted um, next to the porch, which um, we have a really lovely porch that my um, dad designed. Um, and it is sort of oak, oak framed. Um, it's quite, it sort of st sticks out of the front of the house and it's got lovely sort of seating down the sides anyway and I've always just wanted and it's so romantic and lovely and I've decided I'm going to um, plant it on the side of that and I wanted to grow and like scramble over the top of the little roof on on the top of it and um, just add a sort of lovely romantic um, quality and, and then all the windows from um, the um, the first like the upstairs we'll be able to just sort of have that um, scent in summer just flooding in. I think it will just be really lovely. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I'm a bit worried I planted a... I, I just, I'm a bit concerned it's going to become too huge, but I'm going to really try and every year just really keep on top of it and prune it really well. So hopefully that will will be exciting. I've planted some other roses. Um, oh gosh, what's... There's one I never can remember the name. But there's... Um, I planted um, Morven Hills... Um, on a wall and it's just a lovely um, sort of creamy yellow rambler and it's just beautiful and Monty Don grows it um, on his on his mound I, I sound like I know every single plant in his garden I don't I just remember in one episode and it just looks lovely um, and so I was really inspired to plant that and also another yellowy lovely one that I the name is eluding me which is very irritating, and it's beautiful. It's lovely little scrolled um, flowers, and oh gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll say it if I remember it. Um, it's really lovely, and I planted that also, and some other roses I can't seem to remember now. Um, so yes, I'm very excited to see how, how they all do, and I also have had some some large changes happening in the garden, and maybe I'll... Um, talk about them more separately um in different episodes but I'll just sort of mention some which I've, I've been adding lots of sort of topiary um yew pieces through the garden again definitely heavily influenced by um Arnie Mayard um these are all yew and they're um they're going to be um sort of um sculpted I can't um topiarized gosh I couldn't remember the word and um, they're going to be going to be all topiarized into um, sort of pyramid, square pyramid shapes, which will be, uh, I think, which will be lovely. Um, and yeah, they're going to be really good, and hopefully, we'll have some um, dunnocks and possibly other birds nesting in them. Um, I've also planted six um, pleach crab apples and malus everest, again, influenced by Arnie Mayard. 
um, who has them around a courtyard sort of area in his um, home. And I just thought they just looked so gorgeous. As sort of um, people who you normally, I would say, used pleach trees as sort of a boundary tree above a fence line or something like that. Um, and I was just so inspired to um, put them and sort of divide up the garden. It goes alongside the drive and it sort of just makes one half the garden, which is very garden-like, and the other side has the drive and then it has a, a big bed on the other side. And I was definitely inspired to... Um, so I sort of caught my breath then, um, to plant them there and sort of have that lovely sort of green wall. And obviously the blossom is amazing for, um, it's just fabulous for um, bees, especially for solitary bees such as red mason bees, which I think the blossom emerges just as they um, emerge out of their cocoons in spring. So that's, um, I'm really looking forward to that because um, I'm going to be putting up some red mason bee boxes um this year some, sp some really specialized ones one that has a lovely perspex side to it so you can watch what the um the larvae are doing um grubs or larvae i think i think larvae are doing inside the um inside the chambers along inside the um um the bee hotel so i'll be really excited to do, um see that and um watch them all buzzing around and hopefully possibly even record episodes in the future outside when it's more sunny. Um, so yeah, I I think I won't rattle on for too long as this is the first episode. Um, so I really do hope that you have enjoyed. Um, I wasn't really speaking on any topic and I was rambling away. Um, and in future episodes, I'll definitely have more of a clear-cut topic and really talk about some specific things. But I just wanted to, to make a start and just introduce myself and talk a bit about what I've been doing recently and how I've been feeling and just start. I needed to just start because it's difficult to um, know what to do at the beginning and I just thought I needed to say something and do something and here I go again waffling on. Um, so definitely a topic will be um, a lot easier because I won't have the liberty to waffle um, but I really do hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you will have a um, very happy um rest of the day or next day if you're listening to this in the evening and yes happy health and happy gardening mm -hmm.